Hello and welcome back to another episode of Box to Box. I feel like it's been a long time since the four of us have been back together, but we've got the normal crew back. Jeff Azehauser, Akshavadwani, Jesse Levine, and myself, Alexander Purry. And I mean, I would say a lot to get to, but honestly, it, it kind of just felt like business as usual, at least for the Premier League is concerned um, last weekend. I mean, City and Liverpool did their job. First of all, still, still first of all how dare you? Is, I mean, is, Everton, is Everton beating Chelsea business you know, as usual? United won a game. I mean, that's unusual, so I'll give you that. Is but. Everton beating Chelsea bi- – Alex, Everton beating Chelsea is business as usual for you? I that, mean, that's just run-of-the-mill classic prem? At the top end, it's – Brighton been, also usual. actually took their chances. Chelsea's going to finish third. It doesn't affect Chelsea's season. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, get to the, we'll get to the relegation race, but I'm talking about the top four race and the title race. Nothing's really and changed. The, Chelsea's just got dragged into the top four race, baby. Top four is lava. Well, you know what? Sure. Chelsea I mean, absolutely still, are back in the top four. They top they four. have gotten five points clear with four games to play. Yeah, I, mean, I think some of those games are are against spectacular teams. to happen for Chelsea to drop out of the top four for the end of the season. I think. Yeah, I mean, probably the favorites for third place. And it, oh. Are are any of their games easier than uh, than Everton? Okay, but it doesn't mean okay. Yeah, it was a shock at Everton, but it's not. It's not how football works. It doesn't mean it's also not like they've been lost Everton. They're playing a harder team. They're playing Wolves and Leeds, so therefore going to lose those now. Well, since we're on it, why don't we let's break that? Let's break down the game because I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot to go over, and I think a one one nothing scoreline in in some way does this game justice, and in some way, if we just said the game was one nothing, it doesn't do it at all based on some performances of both incredible performances as well as poor performances on both sides of the ball. Little um, little Jordan De Gea Pickford I was just out here making say, some nuts saves. Jordan Jordan Pickford, I mean, taking a ball off his face, um, a, a, a double post, no goal to a an unbelievable save as as Villacueta. really just wasn't his day as he gives up the goal and then can't score an open goal because of uh, Pickford's uh, heroics. And then a few others as there's a I think a blast from Loftus Cheek that he. Uh, tipped over the bar and then the, I think there was another one maybe it was from um I don't know who it was from maybe it was Mount or Havertz that he like kind of it was a cross but looked like they both had chances both yeah, not yeah. should have scored honestly true I, I think I think for starters you look at this game and I think one of the funny things is I just want to talk about you know possession it, it 79 to 21 jumping off the bat Number of passes, 720 to 197. Pass accuracy, 88% to 58%. That's a 30-point difference. But somehow, if you look at Everton and the goal expectancies per team, Everton was just as high as Chelsea. So they did a lot with the little they had. It honestly could have been two if their, uh, I want to say their left back could have tapped a bit, balling basically, and missed it left on Mendy instead. Um, but you know, what, what do you guys think of this game? And, and more importantly, what does this do for Lampard's chances of being the manager, even if they do get relegated, um, because of this one? So I, I want to start with, with, uh, a fun little conspiracy theory that we can dig into really quickly, uh, which is that VAR and it being absolutely terrible has kept Everton potentially in the prem because no, as of right, as of right now. Richarlison's goal is really difficult to score if he's on a three-game suspension for a red card, Akshay. 
in that Liverpool game where he absolutely should have been sent off. Another guy would have scored. Also robbed Everton of a penalty, a stonewall handball against Man City. This is all hearsay, Matt. Liverpool should be about VAR so much on this podcast already. It's not going to change. Liverpool should be buried in the title race too. Mane should be on a three-game suspension and Jota should be on a three-game suspension from that uh, derby anyways, so... It's a, lots of lots of VAR cut. Like it doesn't just affect like them being terrible. It doesn't just affect the current game. It also affects the future games. And Richarlison might still get suspended for throwing the flare back into the crowd. But even if he does get suspended and doesn't play for them for the rest of the season, what a picture that was! You guys saw the picture floating around of him through with the flare in his hand like a grenade. It, that's art right there. That is that is a picturesque moment. And if Everton stays up, that moment will be everywhere in the city of Liverpool. What, I, I want to go go to the firm Lampard and this way, not obviously beating Chelsea, a club that sacked him. What does this do for his status as a manager? Um, and this, this is probably the thing you could potentially say the biggest win of his managing career so far, just in terms of the fact that I, I, mean, I, I definitely Chelsea won top as they became in top four his first season. But besides I, that, I, I think I'd put a bigger it, win. I'd put it up there with some of the results he had um, with, uh, was it Darby County that he was managing? Yeah. yeah. Um, for this. Yeah. He, he had some good wins with them. So I'd put it, I put this one up there with them. I don't think it elevates his status as a manager that much. I don't think Everton were truly impressive enough for this to like, uh, you know, single-handedly reverse his perception, his public perception as a manager. I think he's still, you know, unproven. I think we need to see what happens to Everton for the remainder of this season. Uh, and I still think the ultimate decider will be whether they stay up or not. But if you look at their remaining fixtures, I think uh, the most, probably the most difficult thing for them uh, is that they're not playing anybody. They're not playing Burnley and they're not playing Southampton. Uh, sorry, they're not playing Burnley and they're not playing Leeds United. Those are the two teams that at this point I would say are their two uh, competitors to stay up. Uh, Watford and Norwich are going down. Norwich are literally going down. And we'll get to that. But Watford are for sure going down. I don't think there's any conceivable way Watford could stay up at this point. Um, Burnley and Leeds, unfortunately for Everton, are two teams that are much more on the rise than they are. Uh, and I think, again, that works against Everton's favor. They have I don't, th- I don't think you're right there, buddy. I'm pretty Leeds sure Leeds are, uh, are not on. Leeds are actually the uh, the betting odds favorite to go down with this Everton. Well, I, I would disagree with that because I think, you know, they, one they bad result from this weekend five. is against Everton also, Everton also have away fixtures at Leicester and at Arsenal. And Arsenal on the last day of the yes. season, we can imagine it's going to be huge for Arsenal. I, I don't, I don't think though, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it would be far-fetched to say that Everton have just faced probably their most difficult remaining fixture of the season, which was facing Chelsea. Uh, and they passed that test. Yes, it was at home. Uh, yes, Chelsea haven't been miraculously informed, but I still think that's the toughest opponent, they, the, the toughest opponent rather, that they had left to face this season. And they've passed that test. They've beaten Chelsea and kept a clean sheet in doing so, which I think is impressive. Uh, but yes, like you guys said, they still have Leicester away. That's going to be a tough one. They go to Watford away. Watford, not much to play for, but still have a chance to stay up. So that could potentially be a tough one. I, I still see Everton winning that. Uh, then they have Brentford at home. That's winnable. Uh, Crystal Palace at home, also winnable, but Crystal Palace are very tough uh, and very good, especially defensively this year. Uh, and then Arsenal to finish the season away, which I doubt anybody would see them winning. So really, I would say that uh, their next three results are going to matter the most. Jesse, to answer your question about Frank Lampard, um, I'm with Akshay, definitely doesn't change anything about how we see him. It's one, it's one result. Um, I think even if Lampard... It gets- might. 
I think even if, sorry, even if Everton get relegated, I don't really think um, that it should change whether or not Everton keep him or sack him. I mean, they knew what this, they knew the situation they were in when they hired him. They knew they had a rebuilding project. Lampard's already been, um, he's, he's already been in that rel, uh, that promotion fight with Derby County, um, and he's still had a pretty impressive stint there. So I, I think Everton should still stick with Lampard. I would imagine that they would. Obviously, it's football, everyone gets sacked, um, you know, very, very easily in this game but particularly in the Premier League. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, in terms of Lampard, yeah, he's unproven. Um, the Chelsea result definitely doesn't change that. But I think they should still stick with him regardless of whether they, they beat the drop this season. Is is Lampard, like, are we giving him too much credit for a win that was probably negotiated at a backroom deal with former teammate <laughs> and, and former player of his, Aspen Laqueta? That, listen, if you wanted to dig deep a little bit, how, how much money did you think it cost? Or, or was it just a guy doing his friend a favor? Chelsea have nothing to play for. And Dave goes to Frank before the match and says, I got you. I'll hook you up. Right? I'll make sure you guys stay up. Yeah, if you're really doing it for their boy. theories today, aren't you? Is that, is that one that far-fetched that Chelsea would do Frank yes. Lampard a favor? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're the, yes. you're a captain for one of the. I think your previous one about VAR was less far fetched. Okay. Is how far fetched is this when we remember that um, league fixing is definitely still a thing that's been happening in the past? I don't know, twenty well, years. When, when was the last time we saw an example of that? Besides, since Italy, when, when was the last time we saw a major example of that in the Premier League? Or you can't just focus on the Premier League. You got to look at soccer as a whole. Yes. There's Let me see if I have this straight. You are suggesting that Chelsea, a football club that is already under immense financial and structural sanctions because of one of the most delicate international conflicts that we've seen in the past 20 to 30 years. And you think that on top of all of that, they are now going to match fix in Everton's favor. No, no, I think they're going to, I don't think they're good. I don't think Chelsea, the club are going to match fix in Everton's favor. I think Dave, the player is going to do his buddy, Frank, the player, a solid. Jeff, that's all it takes, Oxide. This doesn't have to be a great conspiracy. It's going to be two one, guys at a pub. What's his first name? If there's one thing I'm going to take away oh, from this, is that Jeff is really glad that Elon Musk bought Twitter. Um, <laughs> if, if how, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> um, but yeah, before Jeff gets us uh, deplatformed from Spotify for peddling false, unproven misinformation, um, let's. You haven't proved that it was wrong yet, no, though. The, the one you just out before, before, before we jump ship, I think it's very important to point out that uh, outside of all this, this is the best performance Jordan Pickford's ever had on the on the on the yeah. field. I, I don't know. Uh, this, this is field. the best performance he's ever had in Everton Blue. He's had performances for England that have been definitely at least up to snuff to this performance. I mean, he he was he was un, he was unbelievable, and it wasn't just that his distribution was good, his command of the box was good. I, um, I think the biggest thing that Jordan Pickford did for Everton remains injuring Van Dyke for a season and like nearly fucking Liverpool season up entirely last year. That is the biggest and most valuable contribution that Pickford has ever made for Everton. Because let's face it, that that's the only thing Everton fans have to celebrate is Liverpool not winning something. Mm-hmm. But do we think do we think that Pickford is a lock for um, EFL Championship keeper of the year next year? <laughs> You're, so you're saying, uh, no. with that, are you I saying would, they're going down? Is everything going down, I, Jeff? I would prefer they didn't go down because United's recent history is that um, I love going to Six Point Road. I mean, Elland Road. Uh, and I really don't. Oh, uh, yeah, Six Point Road. How did they do it ever since this year? Elland Road? Yeah. <laughs> Ellen, uh, 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 real quick, Purry, who plays at Elland Road? Oh, yeah, no, you're talking. Okay. I I, I'm talking about as a United fan, who would I rather stay? Who would I rather play twice a year? 
Everton, who have wildly had our number the past couple of years, oh, or yeah. Leeds, who McTominay seems to like try and score a hat trick against every year. Yeah, but, so, but you say you'd rather have Everton stay up. No, no, no. I'd rather have Leeds stay up. I uh, think Everton are going to stay up. Yeah. Oh. I, see, I think I uh, going back to the Jordan Pickford thing, I would say that he'd possibly be one of the players out the door if they got relegated. Who wants him? That's, who's, that, bu- who's buying a uh, five foot of, two keeper? Of mid to lower tier Premier League teams. Who's buying a five foot two keeper with a four foot five wingspan, Akshay? And All right, let's Jordan Pickford <laughs> Heights. Well, Alex, who's your pick? Who's your pick to stay uh, to go down? Um, Leeds really don't look good. Have kind of massive results. Have some winnable fixtures. I mean, Leeds also. Let's not forget, still have Arsenal. Um, Arsenal, Chelsea. Brighton and Brent and Brentford away. Yeah, at I think Leeds go down. I think Everton I agree with you. I mean, up. it's too bad because they actually have, think have started to find their form under Jesse Marsh as well. Before this game, unbeaten in their last five, I believe, including three wins. But they're about to come up against Arsenal, Chelsea. Uh, Brighton's no joke. They're playing some really good football. One of the I think surprise teams this season, if not the yeah. surprise team. Big ass. And just shellacked Wolves at yeah. Just yeah. By the way. Ever since Wolves started complaining that Arsenal celebrate on their home floor, on their home turf, they've just been got straight downhill from there. So I lo- absolutely love to see it. Um, Ruben Neves, who's very good, is you know just going to walk out the door, I hope. And uh, they'll have no future. But yeah, I think Leeds as well, unfortunately. And I mean, Everton, look, Everton have a game in hand, but that doesn't mean they have points in hand. They, they need to win games. Um, that, that, that game in hand does happen to be against Watford. Very winnable for Everton. Yeah. Very winnable. Game they absolutely um, should win. Yeah, I mean, and a game that fixtures, it, we have to go off of that. Everton have the lighter fixtures. And the, they I have think the lighter fixtures. Yeah, they have that game against Watford that I'm chalking down as uh, like I'm not giving them all three points ahead of the game, but I'll give them two ahead of the game, which levels the teams up and then everything to play for on the last three games. By the way, Alex, mark my words if Everton have that final game versus Arsenal with. Their, their season on the line. I don't care if Arsenal's season's on the line. Arsenal are losing that game. I, at the Emirates, bold it would not be a shocker, would it? You really it's think so? Very you, Arsenal result, wouldn't it? You, hold on. You know when they played Crystal Palace after being uh, after having that whole streak, what I say? I said Arsenal are gonna. I said Arsenal are in real trouble against Crystal Palace. Does it? Does it help more. or hurt Arsenal's case if their season's also on the line? If, if their season's no longer on the line, then. Like maybe there's a chance they just don't care and play free and play the kids and they they squeak out a draw or maybe they win because they don't have the Arsenal. Ju- but if if Arsenal season's on the line, they might have a chance to choke it away at Ever- against Everton, not at Everton, but against Everton. I think I think there's a good big chance they choke it away. I don't think it will come from the defense. I think it will come from the lack of offense. Um, I think just I, I said this last time on the podcast that I the one thing that concerns me about Arsenal is that two of their best players, Partey. Um, who El needs to come in for, who actually I think has done a good job, but he's certainly no Thomas Partey. And Tierney, who Tavares come in for, who's really been a, a mixed bag and more of a wreck. Um, I mean, when he's at his, when he's not good, he's terrible. Um, and he, he has one to two mistakes a game in him. Uh, it's a real concern. It, it is a real concern. So without, without a strong number nine as well, and Ketia has been good, but, you know, still young and he's not, it's not the striker they for Arsenal Football Club over the next five years for sure. So I, I think potentially Arsenal are gonna be that team that um you know loses one nothing that game if need be. Um, I'm gonna go Leeds as well though to uh with that all that I'm gonna go with Leeds to drop it just tough games. They just seem to have the ability not to play defense at times. 
rough, well, rough well, go for Jesse Marsh. Do we think today they stay with the, the Jesse Marsh project in the championship? Course, if they absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah. Yes. yeah. I think that'd be the right move. Um, uh, and do, and do you think it's, do you think it's a move that gets them bouncing back up? Do you think yes. Leeds does a little yo-yo? Yeah. There, I mean, yeah. Rafinha's gone probably to almost guaranteed to Barca this I summer. I mean, honestly, Rafinha and Stuart Dallas, maybe Calvin Phillips are the, and Gale adds, let's put Calvin Phillips on that list. Cause he's, he's, he's played for England. So I think those three players would be the ones who would leave, but I think, I don't, I don't see any other player leaving without, they need to, uh, by the way, uh, I think something Bamford, we don't talk maybe. about enough Actually, when it comes Bamford. to Leeds. Yeah. Bamford. Something something when it comes to Leeds uh, that we don't talk about enough, they really need a goalkeeping upgrade. Uh, Elon Melier is just not it. He's not a commanding presence. Oh, no. Uh, he's had the most not... saves in the league this year. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's had the most saves in the league. Most it's saves because in he's the been league. shot that on. That, that, that speaks more to Leeds' crappy defense than it does to his ability as a goalkeeper. Uh, yeah. I... He's, he's just got, got, he's he's got just none of the metrics. It. He's got none of the advanced metrics to back up that he's making the most saves because he's like performing above expectations. Uh, also, if we if we do remember the great moral of uh, of of the British uh, airplanes who used to famously the Brits during World War II had planes come back with huge holes in certain parts of the body of their planes. And they oh, thought they know we were doing a history podcast here. Oh, yeah. And, and they thought we need to put a bunch of barriers protecting those spots that are that are coming back with holes. What they forgot was that those were the planes that were coming back. So they had holes in those spots because they could take damage there without dying. And the planes that weren't coming back were hitting different spots. That's the spot you have to you have to reinforce. Just because he has the most saves doesn't mean he's not part of the problem. Am I the only one who just doesn't see any like connection between that? Uh, between that, I, I'm saying there's a there's a little there's a little survivor bias that just because he's making the most saves does not mean he is helping. Fair. Shall we move I mean, over? All to, you have to do to the you just, that. just look at some of the goals he's let in. So. Liverpool and Man City, both with Leeds going into the second leg, um, not Leeds United. Leeds is in there winning the tie. Um, Liverpool, 2-0, taking a 2-0 lead to Villarreal to Spain tomorrow, or by the time this is out, later today. Um, Do you expect anything resembling 90 minutes for the, the best 11 for Liverpool? I mean, I, I would expect Liverpool to, to play their best 11, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. They, they have- I... Would you expect them to it's play more defense. than like a half hour? I'm sorry. Did you would you expect like Mo to play more than a half hour? I would want. I would or want, sorry, maybe an hour. I would want everyone out for at least an hour. I, I think it depends on the tie. If Villarreal are up one nil and it's tight, you leave Mo on. If you know if it's nil nil or one one, it's comfortable for Liverpool. I think you can risk taking Salah off. There's enough quality in the bench, whether it's Firmino or Jota or or Diaz. Um. So you know, yeah. I mean, I think. It, it all depends on where you know what the score is, but if it's still comfortable enough for Liverpool, yeah. Um, I, I think so, I think uh, expectation. Big, big game against Tottenham the following um, you know, a few days later. I'm going to be there, so you know at least personally, uh, I'm probably going to watch Liverpool's best players. Uh, well, with enough rest, but they, they they'll get enough rest. They'll score a goal in the first half and they'll coast and they'll rest a lot of their players either at halftime or around the 60th minute, as opposed to City, who's going to have to put in a full 90 minutes. Maybe 120 minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if Atleti steal a goal and, and make, make him play some Atleti. extra time. Atletico Madrid. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Atleti's going to come back and steal a goal against City. <laughs> yeah. They're um, going to – listen, and, my and brain might depends. be a little fried. Uh, but, uh, no, I, mean, I think – sorry, I just want to add. I, I think the difference uh, between the, – the reason I'm feeling a lot more comfortable about, 
comfortable about Liverpool now than you know than I think Bayern could have felt or Juventus could have felt. Going to that second leg against Juventus against Bayern, Villarreal had a, a result that they could work with. It was 1-1 um, at the first leg uh, against Juventus, so definitely a comfortable enough result for them going to the second leg. They had the lead over Bayern. Now the onus is on, Liverpool, uh, is on Villarreal to come out and press Liverpool, to chase them down, to get themselves back in the game. That's going to leave themselves exposed, and that's where Liverpool are at their best. So two things. Number one, since the last time we were all on this show, you mentioned it's been a while. That last time you guys all said that Bayern would smoke Villarreal. Well, I was the only one that said that Villarreal actually has a good chance of winning. That was before the 1-1 draw, I might add. That was before it even started. Um, here's the thing with Liverpool and this game in terms of putting out their best 11. Not only do you put them out, I think that you don't take them out until you're certain that this game's over. In Champions League, they control their own success. In the Prem, they're not in control of their own destiny. They still need a draw or a, they need City to drop points. And if they don't drop points, it doesn't matter how good Liverpool play. And with not a lot of games remaining, and I think a pretty weak schedule for City, I mean, I think Wolves may be their toughest competition at this point for City. So you don't take any of those guys out unless it's a regular sub or you are certain that this game is over. So... That's just, I mean, that's my take is one, you control your own destiny and you're a game. Sorry, that's my dog. Uh, and the other, you control your own destiny and you're a game away from the biggest game of the year in all of soccer. And the other is you have four games remaining, hoping for what Liverpool can't play in the MLS Cup final. <laughs> um, the other one, though, you're hoping for arguably the best team on paper put together this year, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world. To drop a game in their last four games. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer for me. I don't care if they were up for nothing. Like, you just control your own destiny and the other one you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is a good point. It's probably not something I considered. I, I mean, I, I think Klopp will feel confident enough that, at least with his attacking players, that he can bring one or two, um, one or two off. Because, again, like, it, it sounds as if Liverpool don't have so much quality in the bench. It sounds as if Firmino is not an excellent option to bring on or Jota or Diaz, depending on which one of them starts, right? So you know, I think Liverpool can risk it if they're in a comfortable enough position. It's really going to come down to if it's 1-0 to Villarreal or 1-1. I mean, if it's 1-0 to Villarreal, you definitely have everyone on. If it's 1-1 or 0-0 with, with half an hour to go, I, I think it, it, Liverpool are comfortable enough. It's really, you know, the, the Fabinho's, the Henderson's, obviously the Van Dyke's. Um, and Matip or Konate normally in the Champions League, that's who Liverpool are really going to be relying on. Um, Alex, so, who is, it, their be- who is their best 11? Who's, who is that second center back? And I think it's Konate, honestly. So, Konate over Matip? Man, the man is immense. Absolutely. It's I mean, Konate as much for his threat from set pieces as oh. for his defensive capabilities. What, what Konate is just absolutely immense. And I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he's lost a game in a Liverpool shirt. He has not. Yeah, so that's impressive. Yeah, for, I mean, um, I think, yeah. Well, how much that's up to him individually? Well, is, no, is yeah, obviously. But, but. <laughs> and, and then in terms of that mid, midfield three, I'm assuming you go Fabinho, Tiago, is Henderson the other one in there? Oh, you K- K- for me, it's no, 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 not in. Yes, not, yes, yes. No, 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 no. Not when you're facing a second leg in the Champions League semifinal with a very surmountable lead. You need that leadership from Henderson. No. Keita does not provide that. Also, Jordan Henderson's just a better player. I don't get why you love Navi Keita so much. I still don't. No, get he's it. not. Jordan Henderson's a joke. 
No, okay, okay. You're both wrong. Enough from the conspiracy theorist. Okay. No, no, this isn't a conspiracy theorist. This is just a guy who skated by for far too long. I think I think Akshay, in a situation like this, you're you're right. Maybe Henderson is a better option. Uh, but I think if it's, if we'll get to the final, I would want Kate to start over him. Kate is more you really would better on the ball. Absolutely. Your captain then. Your captain's Van Dyke. Yes. What's wrong with that? Oh, Jordan Henderson's a way better leader. Way better. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Jordan Henderson's a better leader, but Keita is a better player. I think Liverpool... Liverpool no, no, no. I disagree. Football, I disagree. Look at Keita in the side. Look at the goal he scored against Newcastle as well, by the way. I mean, that, that just speaks to his... What Keita. is that? Like, one of three goals he scored this season? Okay, but again, it's, it's probably more than Henderson, number one. Number two, I, I just think he offers more on the ball. I think, you know, if, if he gets to the point where Liverpool are behind, um, he... You know, there's just more creativity. There's just more, I think, that Nabi Keita has in his locker. And Henderson's getting up there. I have to say, Henderson individually has not had the best season. I think when I've watched him play, his decision-making hasn't been the best. His misplaced passes, um, not the player he was two or three seasons ago. Um, as valuable as he is, again, in a situation where you're up and you need to preserve a lead, definitely put Henderson on. But I think Henderson would be better coming off the bench and starting for me. Okay, and Alex, for front three... Is Jota or does Diaz take that final spot? That's a tricky one. Um, Liverpool looks, honestly, again, I'm going to disagree with you, Akshay. I think Liverpool looked really, really good with that Diaz, Salah, and then Mane playing in the middle. Um, They've looked a lot better. I think, you know, with Jota, as as good as he is, um, I I think think on the left, on, on the left wing, it's, I think Diaz is just better. I, I think he offers a bit more. Um, Jota offers that pace, but Jota's played his best football, I, I think, um, down the middle as a striker. And that's where Mane is playing right now. And Mane is in fine form. And I don't want to change that. Uh, first of all, I would disagree that Jota has played his best football through the middle. I think he's been a great threat on the left wing all season long. And I don't, I don't understand why that needs to be changed or why he would need to focus on playing through the middle. You already have uh, Salah. Yeah, he's playing on the right wing, but Salah is just as potent and just as present through the middle as he has on the wings. You have Mane, like you said, he's a centrally focused striker. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see why Jota would need to be there as well. And I, I, I think he's been fantastic and extremely effective as a left winger. I think he's played some of his best football from the sidelines, actually. And I don't, I don't see why, I, I, I don't, I think Luis Diaz has been great, but I think he's been great because he's a super sub. I don't, I would still question his ability to be a starter, I would still question his ability to potentially play a full 90-minute match. And I would I would question if he's done enough so far, consistently enough, to justify starting him over Jota when Jota has been uh, pretty much, I would say, as much of an offensive threat as Salah or Mane uh, has been for the entire season, especially in the Premier League uh, specifically. But Champions League as well, I, st- I still think he's earned more than uh, Diaz in terms of the starting spot. Before before we switch up, I I definitely need to hear Jeff's take on this one because I'm sure he's got a lot to say about both no of these problem. guys. I think you know. Listen, Ed, let's take let's take some some motivation from the gospel according to Timmy Turner, and uh, particularly Chip Skylark, uh, my shiny teeth and me pop hit of a generation. Get Bobby Firmino up there, baby. My shiny teeth and me should be in the should should be helping out. Get go go back to go back to what won you that title, right? Put Jota in the move. middle. Put Mane on That's a wing. Put Salah on a wing. Yeah. 
and uh and enjoy those bright shiny teeth i mean spain it's starting to get warm it's it's starting to get nice out he might be reflecting some sun off those teeth into the keeper's eyes you never know these are the kinds of intangibles that the other two guys just don't bring well the truth is that bobby firmino has the best um song of any of those guys by far so if you want to hear a song in champions league finally you definitely want firmino on the uh on the pitch I wouldn't be opposed to Firmino starting. Again, he's far better as a super sub, though. Uh, see, see in, uh, in my opinion, he's the kind of guy that you start with, and he doesn't need to produce the goals, but he'll wear you down for 60 minutes so that when you bring on Diaz or when you bring on Jota, they're running at tired legs because Bobby's done the hard leg work for 60 minutes. He's done the pressing work. I mean, if, if anything, this once this just once again speaks to how like incredible liberal Liverpool's depth is, is that realistically they could start Mane or Firmino and we would not see that as like, like it would not be game changing. They'd both could, be incredible. They'd both make a huge impact on the match. And you see you that could, all over the, especially in their front line, but all over the pitch, they could do this. And that's just how amazing Liverpool's roster is right now. We're talking very oh, again. Yeah. yeah. What we're talking, sorry. Yeah. I'm saying um, like with, with Jotun Diaz, it's, it's the same dynamic here. There's, there's no yeah, No, I absolutely agree. I just, and for me, I, for one, for me, it's Jota, it's, it's two main things over Diaz. One, it's, it's stamina. I think Jota has proven that his fitness extends to being able to play a full 90 minutes. We haven't seen that from Luis Diaz yet, especially at a Premier League level. Um, but, you know, we're talking in the context of Champions League, so I'll let that slide a little. But still, I think fitness is a question that Jota can answer, that Diaz has only answered partially. Uh, and second, I think Jota just has a longer track record of chemistry with the front three, of performing at a consistently high level uh, up to a Liverpool standard. Luis Diaz, I think his tenure has not quite been long enough to fully compete with Jota in that aspect yet. I agree with you, Akshay, and all that. Yeah, but, but, it, but it's margins, you're right. Jota on the wing, though, and their roster is. Akshay, you would have Jota on the wing and Mane through the middle, not Mane on the left. And yes, the, if we're talking front three, I would, have Jota on the, I would have Jota on the left, Mane in the middle, and Salah on the right. That makes I, sense. Yeah. I, I don't agree. Can we stop talking about the boring semifinal, please? You're right. Fine. Fair enough. Like, like we're spending all this, we're spending all this time jerking off Perry's team when you know, write them a ticket to the final already. It's over, done and booked. Not, it's not over, Jack. It, listen, Champions listen, League. you don't even have to knock on wood. It's a guarantee. Ironclad, locked and loaded, 100% guarantee. Hey, Jeff, we all know what you're trying to do. You're trying to jinx it. Okay. It's not. But why, why would I do that? It's a guarantee, it's a lock. Put put the house on. Let's talk about let's talk about the other final. And Liverpool haven't actually been spectacular at comfortably seeing out leads this season, believe it or not. No, um, they haven't. Two legs. Um, so let let's talk about the the really fun final, which is City's eleven man pure machine versus the, the flying the flying Benzema's essentially. But the recently crowned La Liga champions, the recently crowned flying Benzema's, they it's, absolutely it's, have the advantage. It's 11 on one. That, that's what it is. It's 11 on one. And somehow Benzema is still doing Benzema stuff. I think okay, so. First of all, that is doing so much discredit to Thibaut, Thibaut Courtois and also to Vinicius. And, and to Luka, who have been outstanding. That, that's Let's so talk about Luka Modric as well, who's assisted on at least half of Benzema's goals. How about Benzema? And Vinicius is assisted on the other half. Uh, the Modric's assist Rodrigo as well in that Chelsea game was just out of this world. Rodrigo's been hit or miss. He should be far better than he's been. But. No, no, yeah, but I'm talking about Mod- Yeah, I mean Rodrigo. Not. not Jesse, go ahead. So is okay. this who? Who I want? Who thinks that this is advantage Madrid? Madrid. Advantage Madrid? No. Not advantage Madrid. It's advantage City. Can Madrid come back? I think. No. They, 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 honestly, really? advantage City. Yeah. How is it advantage City? They're, they're winning. 
They're gonna go up in any game. I don't care where you play. You're if okay. you go up, it's a huge advantage. They're winning. They're just going. They're up on a goal up against the up comeback track. kings of this Champions League playoff stage. Going to one of the most fearsome stadiums that you can play Doesn't against matter. a team at. And not there's something else to consider as well. City played a very strong lineup against Leeds this weekend. Madrid rested. They knew they were in a good enough position where all they needed was a point in their next few games to win, uh, to win La Liga. They rested a number of players. If you look at it, I'm going to name the lineup over the weekend, by the way. They won 4-0, even with a much weakened lineup. La Liga title has been confirmed. Marcelo at left back. I haven't seen him at all this season. We're not going to see him against Man City. I don't even know who number five, Vallejo, never heard of him. Lucas Vasquez, certainly not the starting left back. We can expect uh, Carvajal to start there. Casemiro played at center back, um, but at least Alaba gets a rest. Um, He'll the, come on it as a, as a sub, probably, depending come on, on the situation in the yeah. semifinal. Um, you know, Madrid started, Kemavinga started, although he doesn't normally start um, in these sorts of he games. He should start. But the front three was Asensio, Mariano Diaz, and Rodrigo. Um, and the point is, Madrid have other options. They can rotate, and they're going to be a much... They're coming into this game much more well-rested than Man City are, and I think that's also huge as well. I mean, it's a Man City team that gave Ake the start. Who They gave KDB a rest. It's not like they fully went all out. And they still beat Leeds for nothing. Well, they gave, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's Roy not had like... had a rest because he'd caught a knock. He was partially injured. They weren't resting him. Yeah, and also any any of these guys, like this was a Saturday game. Uh, into a Wednesday night. It's, it's they're not like they're turning around a Tuesday. It's not like they played on Sunday. They have a full like midweek rest. That yeah. I expect this to be a fully rested and pretty much fully healthy city lineup that plays the full 90 and probably takes care of business. But if they don't right now, book it. If they don't take care of business, it'll be on a Cancelo mistake. It'll be on an Ederson mistake. Those are the two guys I've got absolutely goofing something up and costing City to win if it's if they lose. The Not Imeric Laporte. The best wing back in the world is insane. Now, the, maybe the best wing back going forward, but I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch him trip over his own shoelaces playing defense. Guaranteed, I see it coming. He's going up against uh, Vinicius. Where where is this judgment no, of draw Cancelo coming from? No, Vinicius. Vinicius is on the. You know, you're right. You're right. Yeah, my fault. Well, Just, it depends if Walker right. if Walker's health if Walker's healthy, then he's playing right. And you're true. Okay, if if Cancelo's on the right, if Walker's not healthy, then yeah. Um, I mean, I think yeah. I mean, it's the thing. The thing about this is that. This time, really, on the balance of play, should be over. City could have won this game by four goals very, very easily. Um, but and, and and you think that Real Madrid can't keep they can't keep doing this where you know they're they're bad for an extended period of time without the two legs, and then they just they pull it out of the fire. You know, you give them fifteen minutes, right? You, you think that they can't keep doing this, but the thing is, they do. Um, and there's just it's almost like we've seen this script before, where they're so not just this season. But in the seasons past, where Madrid have been on the back foot and it looked like the opposition had too much for them, and they just find a way. Um, excuse me. They haven't done it against the best team in the world. They find a way. But they haven't done it against the best team in the world. Very different story. They did it against Chelsea when Chelsea was slipping. They did it Color me unimpressed. Chelsea's, Chelsea's not incredible team, though. No, that, that's my point. Chelsea is a, they did it against a Chelsea team that was in the middle of a slip that we're now seeing is. is fairly obvious they did it against psg who have their trademark choke job like that almost i'm disappointed Real madrid didn't do more to beat them like, like that feels like a gimme and now they have to try and come back against we're talking one we're goal. talking that's, like that's, they're a, down that's two about to play eight goals. strikers one goal about, they're down by one like goal strikers. 
one. They scored three goals against City away from home. And the they were they conceded, the the they conceded four goals against City. Yes, that is to be expected playing the best team in the world away from home. Then watch Wait, City do it like again. This is an insurmountable deficit. It's not. It's a, effectively, this is a 1-0 tie. Jeff, I'm sorry. Real Madrid are the absolute... They, they are the kings of this competition, and they have, I think, at the back, in the midfield, and up front, proven winners. I mean, the, the core of the team. Alaba, although not for Real Madrid, is a two-time Champions League winner. Carver Hall is in part of that Real Madrid team that won three in a row. Modric, Casemiro, Cruz has not been on his best. Um, you know, obviously Chris has been on and very praised Kamavinga. I'm with them. Kamavinga should start, but still, Modric and Casemiro, proven midfielders, um, who, who have won this t- tournament, what three or four times now, and then obviously Kareem Benzema up front. Um, and that's a man who just continues to deliver, who continues to terrorize offenses. The, the thing is, do City have that one player? I mean, is it De Bruyne maybe who you can it's just De Bruyne? If, yeah. if it's anybody, it's De Bruyne. It may be Riyad Mahrez, but he can't finish for shit. It's like Riyad Mahrez has forgotten how to how to shoot accurately. It's I mean, it's really weird because well, otherwise he he'd be the other right. game changer. He plays so far on the right wing that he's more about dribbling and crossing. But no, I think you have a, you you have a, you have so many players in the city team. I just, I think that this game is going to be hard for Real Madrid, even being at home. Um, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to capitalize on every chance. And granted, they have so far. But I see City's defense just becoming a little bit more strong. Um, I think Asha. What I say, two one on last on the podcast, or may I, say, I may have said one nothing City. I think City are gonna something like that. I went four three Real Madrid. Did you actually? I said I said it's gonna be eight eight uh, or seven seven rather going into extra time, and then Benzema's gonna score the winner. See, I so think Asha. I think Asha's closer to accurate here. Neither of these defenses can stop these offenses. Neither of these defenses can stop these offenses. I'm not betting on geriatric David Alaba as a center back to who was a career wing back to to suddenly step in and be able to stop City's offense. And on the other side, I'm expecting mistakes out of City's defense. They're suffering through a little bit of injury. They're suffering through a little bit of bad you form. know bad form. They're suffering through a little bit of Benzema. Um, these are all things that can hurt you. Jeff, I, I want to go back to something. That when, when we talk about the lineups, right? I, I think there are more City players in their lineup against Leeds um, than that, that will play against Man City than Real Madrid had in their lineup um, that will play on, on um, was it Wednesday. Uh, I'm just going to name City's lineup here, at least the outfield players. Laporte, Ruben Diaz, Cancelo. All of them probably start. Rodri, Gundogan, Foden. All of them probably start. Between Sterling and Grealish, one of them is definitely going to start, right? So between I, between who, who, and who? Between Sterling, Jesus, and Grealish, I think one of them is guaranteed to start. Um, Sterling, probably. So are you Perry? Are you worried that they're going to show signs of tired legs in this game? Yeah, I am. Okay, I I very much doubt that that is the case on a full four days of rest. If this game was on Tuesday, if they had played on Sunday, now we're talking. But this is a Wednesday night. Four days of rest or eight days of rest? Uh, Honestly, give me the players that are in form, the players that are. But it's not like Real Madrid aren't in form. That's that's the other thing I'm I'm a little confused about. They, I mean, they beat Sevilla, who were probably their closest challenges to the title all season. Um, came back against Chelsea. Like Real Madrid are in fine form. They had that hiccup against Barcelona. It's just it. I, I promise you, the whether or not a couple extra players got rest is not going to be the difference in this game. 
and Alex, if, if you are concerned about, about that, the having five subs in the Champions League match with the depth that City have will probably take any concern of that away. Any potential tired legs, you throw someone just as good in there that's on the bench. Who, John Stones? Who's John on Stones. the City's bench that can hop in at the I, back? John Stones, do you think he's going to stop Benzema? John Stones over Laporte. He does bring up a good point, though. How many, how many of Man City's bench players are truly game changers? Yeah, but uh, I, I guess, I guess, come, I mean, first of all, but a couple. Nathan Ake, Jesus, not a game changer. I'm, I'm laughing. Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, not a game changer. Bernardo Silva, not a game changer this season. Out of your mind, you're you're insane. Bernardo not Silva, a not a game changer. Is it what has he done this season? Take? I mean, I, I I am with the others, and I think Bernardo Silva is a very crucial player for them. I mean, what he's assuming, Gre- assuming, Grealish. assuming Grealish doesn't start, game changer. Grealish is, Grealish not, is not a game changer. Grealish is absolutely a game changer. He's not going to change. What has he done for City this year? What has he done? Akshay, Akshay, I want you to take your tiny little goldfish memory and dial it back slightly longer than this season. Hold on. Jack Grealish is a game changer, period. Whether or not he's been informed this season, he is a good enough player to call a game changer off the bench. I don't care what he's done for Aston Villa against. I disagree entirely. I care what he's going to do in a Champions League semifinal against. I care. I care what he's going to do against a player who's got hips worse than Harry Maguire. And two assists. What are you talking about? David Alaba is out there with a walker, my guy. (laughs) First of all, he's not going to. I cut the holes in the tennis balls to replace his walker at halftime. I did it myself. I literally cut new tennis balls for him. He's in a walker, my guy. Yeah, you say so yeah. You would rather have Harry Maguire on your team than David Alaba. That's uh, I'm also I'm that's an interesting take. Is, yeah, you've had a lot of this poor take. No, 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 no. I'm I don't know who would win in a race at the senior center, but it'd be a damn good race. Oh my goodness. Should we move us along to quickly the Europa League and the Conference League? Just jump through those uh those semifinals. Leipzig have a one 0 lead over Rangers. They play in Scotland. Actually, how's your Rangers pick taken? How, how are you feeling about that one? Again. One nil down. It is a one goal tie. Rangers. Would you rather be up one or down one? At home. Right now, would you rather Rangers be up one or down one? Uh, that's a. I, I don't. Easy I, question, up, right? Up one, obviously. If they're going. To okay, Scotland, they're not winning. Okay. They're losing. Yeah, yeah, but the other question, the other yeah, question, that's such an arbitrary it, question of all. Yeah, but the other, the other question is that, like Jeff, is that would you goal? rather? If you're offered being only a goal down with no away goals going into the home the second leg at home, would you take it? Not I if I'm the worst team. I think Rangers would take it. Not if I'm the worst team. Rangers are very much have the advantage in that tie. This is a team that beat I Dortmund. Oxley thinks United has the advantage in the top four race because they're trailing. Okay, that is that, that that's is the take I'm getting from Oxley so far. That is not even close <laughs> to the same situation. Real Madrid have the advantage, they're losing. And Rangers then, have the advantage. The, the, the they're question losing. Question is, would you take being down one goal at home and then going to the second leg at home? Yeah, you know, no. it's a workable result. That, that that's the thing. The mind, the mind just play. Why play two legs? Why just play one leg? You know, if it's up, yeah. Yeah, we're the, no longer in COVID times. We are no longer in the times of teams playing in empty stadiums, playing but, at but home in Scotland in front, of, in front of one of the most vocal and raucous fan bases in all of sports makes a difference. It makes very little difference when you're outclassed. I honestly, I think Leipzig. Really, think Leipzig, no, Leipzig, Leipzig, Leipzig has players that are just on a different level than Rangers yeah. players. Actually, if these teams were evenly matched from a talent perspective, you're right. What just a one nil lead without away goals at home, terrible environment. 
That's a matchup I'd love if I was Rangers, if it's even close to an even matchup in terms of talent. But this is a Leipzig team that's just miles better than a Scottish team. Then how are they only able to win one nil in Germany? If they're because miles it's still ahead so- because it's still it's still football, my guy. It, exactly. Weird things happen. It's still football. By that, yes, 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 and Leicester can still win the league. That doesn't mean I'm betting on it. Jesse, who do you have going through? I mean, you mentioned the Rangers, and the only thing my brain could think about is Rangers Penguins tomorrow night. Okay, at the Garden. That's that's like the third most relevant Rangers. Yeah, the New York Rangers are the most relevant. Okay, they're they're the, the New York Rangers are the third most relevant Rangers. Behind the team in Scotland and the team in Texas. Yeah, well, okay. Well, yeah. Are you sure. telling I mean, me the, the Texas Rangers the Texas, are relevant? The, the team in Texas that I don't think ever has won a, uh, a World Series, that team. Listen, the last time they were good, they had Michael Young playing third base, who was 48 years old, speaking of walkers <laughs> and cutting out tennis balls. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, are more relevant than the, the joke of a team in the 17th most popular sport in America. The 17th most popular? Well, yeah, uh, at, at least. Maybe, maybe buried below that. Yeah, well, when uh, when the garden sold when the garden sold out tomorrow night, you'll find it. The garden sells out for the Knicks, and it's a joke. That, that's yeah, not well. a good enough excuse. <laughs> Jesse, Rangers or Leipzig? No Leipzig. I, I also don't care. I, I, don't, I just that's don't true. care. Well, um, this is no time Cam- one of, Jesse, one of these teams is going to be in the Champions League, and Arsenal might not. So no, 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 no. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, West Ham could be in the Champions League if they turn it around against Frankfurt, but they would need to win in Germany for that to happen. I, I think Frankfurt, having gone through Barcelona, having won 2-1 at West Ham, and I mean, they, they had more than half the tickets bought at the, at the new Camp uh, in their matchup against Barcelona. They brought an incredible atmosphere to London in the midweek a couple of weeks ago. I truly think that Frankfurt are on that destiny path towards making it to, uh, to the Champions League and winning this thing. Truly, I don't, I don't, I don't care who they play in the in the Rangers Leipzig side of the bracket. I think that Frankfurt have basically locked up this thing. It's this is a team that is just they're, they're feeling it. They 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 have a belief about them. The fans have a belief about them. Everyone's in. Everyone's bought in. And I I don't see anyone stopping them. I noticed though that you didn't mention them having an incredible wealth of talent in their roster. I think they're that about as talented as West Ham, give or take. Yeah, uh, so they have more talent than Leipzig in their in their roster. These these locks for the Europa League championship. I mean, Frankfurt's a mid table team. West Ham's a mid table team. Yeah, but in Leipzig, big, Leipzig it, the final. That that's what we're talking about. If it's Leipzig Frankfurt final, you you're going off of talent, right? Yeah, for- uh, no, I'm I'm going off one game and a belief and a and, and a group of fans that have a. Actually, what about what about Rangers' run to this point has you believing that there's something special about them? Because I just gave you a handful of very good reasons why Frankfurt has something special going on. Right. Well, I can't remember the last time Rangers made it this far in European competition. For one, I'm not the biggest historian on Scottish football or on Rangers football club, but I believe this is the farthest they've made it in the Europa League. They definitely haven't made it out of the Champions League group stage in at least two decades. So I don't know how they've done in the Europa League, but I believe this is the farthest they've made it in quite a while. 
Uh, let's see what else. They're only down one nil to a team that by all rights, as you said, Jeff, on paper should be dominating all four of the teams left in this competition, or sorry, all, uh, all three of the teams other than themselves left in this competition. They're only down one nil after facing them in the first leg in Germany away from home uh, against a massively more talented team. They're now taking just a one nil deficit back to Scotland. Three, they have, uh, you know, I, I can't name many players off the top of my head, just, you know, in terms of talent, but they definitely, from what I've seen, they have talented players, players who, whose mentalities you can tell just from the body language, when they score, when they go down goals, uh, when their goalkeeper makes a huge save, these players believe in each other. They have great chemistry with each other. They're all on the same page in terms of what they want. And also I believe since they've lost the league title to Celtic now, uh, Rangers have nothing left to play for other than the Europa League whereas Leipzig are probably still battling for the top four in the Bundesliga. So Rangers have one route to Champions League football, one route to a massive uh, income boost for next season, and that's winning the Europa League. Leipzig, right, really I believe, still have multiple paths to that income boost from playing Champions League football. Really, really quickly, let's get to the, the Conference League. Uh, Roma Leicester tied at 1-1, second leg in Roma. I'm that taking Roma. phenomenal but... to start with, by the way. That was a really good game. That was a Brendan, yeah. Brendan Rogers to to lose one nil in the second leg. Afterwards, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a Roma win here. Um, you know, I think they perform better in Serie A than Leicester have. Just throughout the season, they've been a better side. And Mourinho at this stage in the European semifinal, um, we know he, he's the one I think we would trust to get the result more so than Brendan Rogers, whose teams have a history of slipping up. Jose's got a Jose's got a chance to sing the praises that he's won the Europa Conference League, and he can rub it in the face of Pep, Klopp. Think of all jo- well, you know Jose's when he when he wins it, he'll say he's won all three uh, UEFA competitions, the Champions he's, League. He's won League. everything he's there is three. to win in Europe. He'll have won three three titles. Three. First of all, Alex, we don't make fun of people's uh, speech on this show. That's just an incredibly low blow. And even for this show, I'm disappointed. And we'll be waiting for your public apology on all platforms in a very somber YouTube video. Uh, But until then... Yeah, Elon bought Twitter. I can say what I want, okay? Until then, we'll we'll simply remember that Jose wants to win this thing just so that he can call Pep and Klopp and be like, aha, suck it, and then hang up. He won't won't, won't say anything else. He will just call them, say, haha, suck it, and hang up. That's it. All right, Akshay, who, who are we taking here? I'm also taking Roma. Um, just better better quality team, uh, more winners in the squad, and they have the advantage. I, I don't think Leicester, by the eye test or just by the players they have, are, are good enough. So. so now he likes the quality team. Oh. Yeah, because... Uh, so actually, you know what? I'll factor in something else. What uh, Remind me what the score of the first leg was. It was 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one? And that was what in in Leicester. If I yeah, speak, I w- if I speak, I will be fine. I say nothing. If I speak, I will be fine. All right, Jesse. Do you think Leicester can get a surprise result here? No, no. Yeah. Jose, it's Jose, it's Roma. Jose, Jose is who Brendan Rodgers thinks he is, and that's the that's the reason Roma is going to win. That's Jose, actually a really good way of putting it. <laughs> right, Jose is just the final true. form of Brendan Rodgers. Them for totally different playing styles, but <laughs> so let's look ahead to some of the big fixtures from the Premier League this upcoming weekend. And I think we should start with Burnley versus Villa. Um, no, 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 no. We're gonna start live and in person from Anfield with Tottenham versus. Okay, well, okay. I, I wanted to. We're go starting with Curry being at the game. Played, um, but 
Liverpool Tottenham. That's a big one, isn't it? Uh, lots of implications for the title for the top four. By all indications, it's going to be a thrilling game. Um, both sides still have everything on the line. I would expect Liverpool to edge it um, because they're a better team. Um, you know, I think they've shown in, in years past that they're capable of going right down to the wire, competing and balancing both those European and domestic commitments. Um, you know, as, as tough a game as it's going to be, obviously Tottenham will will be pretty well rested without without any European fixtures to play midweek. Um, but I, th- I think Liverpool just squeeze it out. I'm going to go two one. I Alex, if Liverpool don't win and Tottenham win, I don't think you'll ever be invited back to go to a Liverpool game. And you certainly are never going to go watch another Tottenham game. Okay. Cause they're just good luck for them. Okay. We don't need any of that. Um, I don't know. This is, this is, I'm, good luck, I'm good luck for Conte. I'm good luck for Conte if Tottenham win. Not for Tottenham. Mean, in all seriousness, I think this is a type of game. Unfortunately, I think Tottenham plays really well and may sneak it out. Um, I, I don't like, I don't, want it to happen but i just these are the, these are the random times that tottenham just played at, at such a class level um the truth is that they're a very you know one-dimensional team and the fact that they have two players that they either you know they, they go by and if they when they do well they're unbelievable when they don't as Akshay and i said that you know they they drop and they were as usual you know not as usual but they were unbelievable over the weekend they had all all three goals between son and kane Again, same thing happened when they played City. They're unbelievable. So I just think this is one of those games that Conte just gets the best out of them. I, I think them. I think they get a, if anything, they get a draw. I don't think they I don't think they go to Anfield and win. Um, but how big of how big could a draw be? I mean, no, a draw would be huge. It would be damaging to Liverpool and massive for Tottenham. And I think Tottenham are very well capable of getting a nicking a two-two. I th- I'm going to go out on the limb and I'm going to reverse that. Unfortunately, I wouldn't even say 2-1 Tottenham, even though I hope to God it doesn't happen. All right, Akshay, you go next because Perry's not going to like what I have to say. Um, For some of the the things that you mentioned, Jesse, regarding Tottenham relying almost entirely on Son and Kane, um, for that reason, I'm going to pick Liverpool to win this. Um, It's at Anfield, first of all. Uh, Liverpool will always have the advantage at Anfield uh, unless they're playing Benfica. Um, I think Klopp this season has done an incredible job of against the top attacking talent, other Premier League, the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, the likes of Arsenal's, uh, you know, immensely talented young. You said top attacking talented. Okay. Why'd you bring up Arsenal? Against City as well. Uh, I think Klopp's done a really great job um, of shutting down the players that he needs to, of uh, coaching his defenders, his defense on how to shut down the players that will make the difference in those matches. Uh, and I think he's going to do that for this fixture again. I think he's going to know how important it is. And I think all week he's going to be coaching uh, Konate, Van Dijk, uh, Alexander Arnold, Robinson. He's going to be Matt, Matip, all those guys. He's going to be coaching them specifically, almost exclusively probably, on how to deal with Hyunming Son and Harry Kane. Uh, and I think that's going to translate into a Liverpool win with Son and Kane not being able to carry Tottenham as they normally would. Perry, before I give my prediction, who are you going to this game with? Uh, I am going, I don't know if you remember Elliot, he was in the pod about, I think I do. Yeah. Two December's ago. Uh, he's a Tottenham fan. So that, that's, so he's, so he's, he's, he's famously Everything. not a Liverpool fan. He's not a Liverpool fan. No, he, he, he's the enemy on Saturday. So what I'm hearing is when it comes to that stadium, you will in fact be walking alone into that stadium. Oh no, I'm walking do- with him and the thousands of other Liverpool fans because it's Anfield and that's where I wanted to see Liverpool play. So, nice try, but no. No? You're not walking alone? No. 
You're walking with a Tottenham fan. Okay, Jeff, you might, point. Just, just get your point across. My point is, you might end up leaving alone because uh, you're going to end up leaving early. It'll be five, maybe six nil Tottenham, 20th minute, and you're just going to walk out. <laughs> what a take. <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, um, Liverpool's going to bash Tottenham. It's going to be a clock masterclass. Uh, they really need to. If they're going to make this title race serious, they need to have the advantage to put the pressure on City by having a massive goal difference lead. And I think that comes with like a 4-0 beating at Anfield. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that. I, honestly, I, I don't mind, They already have like a five or six goal difference advantage over City. They, they do. But there's something I want to say about that. Tottenham, I think, against the top sides have been very well organized defensively. Um, so that's why I think I expect them to make it difficult. Um and not to mention, you know, Liverpool are going to be coming back from, from a second leg in Spain. Guys, that goal difference is one, by the way. City City has a 63-goal difference. Liverpool has a 64-goal difference. Or did we forget that, uh, that, that City beat Leeds 4-0 uh, last weekend? Um, Liverpool need to respond. Uh, I'll change it slightly. I'll make it 4-1. I think Kane and Son combined to, to sneak one in, probably after the game's well decided. But yeah, 4-1 Liverpool. I don't think you're giving Tottenham the the respect they deserve here, um, because you know, like make I them said, earn the respect. First. Midweek second leg Champions League game. Let's, let's see Tottenham earn that respect. I'm not giving them a, an ounce of respect until they earn it. But I think they have earned it. No nope. two points off the top four. Nope. They turned their season around under Conte. They've done very. They performed admirably against the top clubs in the in the league. Um, so. You know, and the other thing to consider, Jeff, I think, is that Liverpool play a very high line. This is my biggest concern about the game. Um, and, and I know we've talked about this in the pod. Kane and Son thrive um, on one of them playing those balls, or particularly Kane playing those balls over the top to Son. I mean, that's that's how this team is just so good going forward. Um, and, you know, with Liverpool's high line, I think that actually suits them, um, that duo, Kane and Son, very well. Um, not to mention, you know, pacey players like Bergwijn and Mora who can come off the bench. Um, so these are all things that that concern me, but that that that's why think, yeah, while I expect Liverpool to win, it's going to be very very tough for them, um, and they're going to have to dig very deep. But I think they get the job done. But I think I think Klopp's going to adjust the defensive line accordingly for that. I think what he might do uh, is have the defense in the midfield sit back more, and he's going to rely uh, more exclusively on counterattacking to beat Tottenham because we know that Tottenham's defense is not fast and cannot handle counterattacking pace. So I think what Klopp might do is he'll have his defense not play as high of a line, sit back, allow Harry Kane and Hyun Ming Song to have to run at the defensive line instead at the defensive line, right? Instead of having to run in, being able to run in behind it, he's going to force Song and Kane to have to dribble at the defensive line to try and attempt to beat defenders, not just with their speed, but with their dribbling. I think that's what's going to win Liverpool the match. All right. So with that, I think we should switch to Burnley versus Villa implications that, that's other. a big one Burnley I mean we we didn't talk about them at the relegation fight we talked about Leeds and Everton Burnley are still level on points with Leeds Everton still have that game in hand they're two points down but this is a big matchup because despite Burnley winning three in a row they have every opportunity here to drop points to the frat house that is Aston Villa and potentially really run into some problems Aston Villa is a good team and I you know, I've said I think they're probably the most in some way, the most disappointing and underperforming team based on paper for that lineup that they have. Um, but I think that this is a kind of a Villa beat down here. And um, Burnley's luck's probably going to, I think we're going to run out. They're not a very good team. And we've always said that, you know, Burnley's big thing is that they've been able to defend 
well over years, but the goal scoring has been there, and all of a sudden it's neither. Um, and randomly it's turned up, but uh, I think I think that Burnley's going to make this to bottom three interesting again, or really that 18 spot, I should say, interesting again. Villa with Coutinho, Ali Watkins. Um, I would love to say Buendia, but he's been terrible. Um, Danny Ings, uh, tough, tough front three to stop. Jacob Ramsey in the middle, not easy either. Um, got a lot of quality players. On Villa, go Villa 2 nothing here. This is a Burnley team, though, that uh, since we absolutely clowned them for firing, Sean Dyche has picked up nine out of nine points. <laughs> it's true. All without conceding uh, one goal, I think they've conceded one goal. They're actually in much better form than Villa right now. Um, And they are. Villa have not, uh, Villa putting aside a 2 0 victory over Norwich, which barely counts for anything. Uh, Their last results, they couldn't score against Leicester, which is one of the worst defenses in the Premier League. That was a nil nil. Uh, Liverpool, Aston Villa is postponed. They lost 4 0 at home to Tottenham. They were beaten by Wolverhampton Wanderers 2 1. And then before that, they lost to Arsenal 1 0. So this is not an informed Villa team, and this is a Villa team that couldn't even score against Leicester. So I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it as surefire as you're making it out to be, Jesse. I think Villa still have the advantage. I still think they will uh, find a way to get past Burnley. I don't know if they'll win though. I, I could see a draw or even a late Burnley winner. Uh, I think the most Villa gets out of this is one-one. I'm gonna. I, I think Burnley have all the momentum. Um, much unlike Aston Villa, who yes they beat Norwich, but like you mentioned, Oxide, that's not really gonna do much for them. Villa have nothing to play for. Burnley have it all on the line. Um, even with Sean Dyche gone, we, we know that Burnley have, they have a habit of getting themselves out of the situations where they're deep in a relegation fight and they just, you know, they, they pull this string together a series of results. Um, and I just think all of that suggests um, points to a Burnley win. They are, I believe, at home as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the- Is that the turf more? Yes, this, this is a turn. More, so, they turn. Oh, so that's a huge difference as well. That's a yeah. big difference. So I, I'm going to go for, I'm actually going to go for a 2 0 Burnley win here. I think it's going to be comfortable for them. And let's keep in mind, Villa's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Villa's away from this season has been horrible. So there's a lot to consider in Burnley's favor, you have to say. Yeah. Let's, let's get to a game that I'm ready to make a spicy take on. Norwich at home, having been mathematically relegated, are going to beat West Ham. Teams, once the, once the math has been done, and teams are officially relegated, they tend to to win a a weird home game or two at the end of the year as a Premier League goodbye to their fans. And come on if this doesn't smell like that win for Norwich. Come on. You know it does. I remember Norwich did this two years ago. I remember Fulham did this last year. These teams have a tendency to, once the math is done, once they're fully buried, the 19th and 20th place teams tend to sneak out some wins, typically at home. Give me Norwich. Give me a Pookie goal. Give me a Sargent assist. And and Norwich 1-0 over the the absolutely terrible looking over the last couple of weeks, West Ham. I mean, one point from their last four games is embarrassing. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Jeff. I think Norwich can get a surprise result here. I agree as well. And West Ham, West Ham have also had a lot of injuries to their back line. I feel like a lot of their senior defenders haven't been playing recently. Yeah, and let's let's remember right now that Watford, while the dust has almost settled, first of all, they're away at Crystal Palace. And second of all, the math isn't officially there yet because they have one more point than Norwich. But uh, Watford, the math is likely that they will have gone down when they play Everton on Wednesday at home. So <laughs> what's it, what are the chances Watford get to play spoiler in a big game against a big-time Premier League team? Whether or not you like Everton, they've been around for a very long time. They are a big boy in the Prem. 
and the Watford fans might get to enjoy a little bit of a, a goodbye by uh, by dragging Lampard down with them. But Everton have a big game against uh, what should be a tired Leicester on Sunday, coming off of a huge Thursday night game, uh, I believe, in Rome. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, it's one they win. It, a tough, a tough, a tough thing to do to to fly back late on a Thursday night or or possibly early on a Friday morning and then play a game immediately on Sunday, bright and early on Sunday against a team that desperately needs a win and a team that just went out and beat Chelsea. I think Everton are getting three points here. Yeah, Leicester have nothing left to play for in the Premier League. Their defense has been absolutely atrocious uh, throughout the season. Everton's offense is is regaining steam. And Richarlison is, is still a force to be reckoned with. We saw that against Chelsea, and I think he's going to tear Leicester apart. So, uh, yeah, I see Everton winning this one, maybe not comfortably, because, um, you know, that defense is still suspect. Um, you know, th- there's still a con- inconsistencies in the lineup. But I think they just have too much offensive potency, and Leicester just suck, <laughs> to be <laughs> frank. Leicester are really bad. I was going to say, it doesn't matter how bad Leicester are. I wouldn't ever say Everton and comfortable in the same sentence. No, exactly. I, and that's why I don't, you know, I'm not saying it's a shoe in Everton win, but I'm, I'm, I'd be fairly confident if I was an Everton Momentum fan. with Everton. <laughs> Just based off the quality of opponent. Lester, the Lester have nothing to play for either. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I'm going to go for what a narrow one nil Everton win. It's probably what I can see happening here on Sunday. Why don't we move into the last game on our doc that we wanted to talk about here, which is um, Arsenal. Yeah, versus Leeds, which is a huge matchup for both teams again. Um, so interesting that these two games, Leicester Everton and Arsenal Leeds, happen to be at the same time, and that they both happen to be after Burnley have played. Uh, I think that the result of Burnley's game, if Burnley end up picking up a point, will be directly motivating Everton and Leeds to to know they have to get something out of these games, uh, and. Nah, I can't do it. I can't find a way to. I can't find a way to see Leeds getting points here. It's it's going to be Arsenal. It's going to be comfy Arsenal, two uh, nil. Probably. Yeah, even I was, was going to go with two nil as well. Sorry, Ash, I go. I, I was just going to say. I, I would say even larger of a score margin than that, given Leeds' defensive quality. It's just like Arsenal are well set up to tear them apart. I don't However, Oxai. I don't feel like Arsenal tear teams apart the way they say they do. I feel like their offense is very hit or miss at times. And I like Saka, but Saka playing on the right side just makes him a little bit less of a goal threat at times, more of a creating threat. Odegaard's best qualities is his creation. Creativity. Yeah, his creativity, his creation. Um, you know, they have a, they're now playing in Ketia, who, I mean, who really knows still with him? Um, is he on his way out this summer? His contract's out this summer. I think it's kind of interesting the fact that they've gone to him and Lacazette as their two guys at striker that are both, you know, can easily walk away. Lacazette certainly will walk away. I think Eddie is more of a question now with his game time, but um, it's only that he's played three games. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. And then it would really depend if they go Martinelli or Smith Rowe. I think Smith Rowe is a little bit more of a goal scorer. Martinelli gives you more pace more speed, a little bit more excitement at times. Um, while Smith throws a little bit more creativity, better touches on the ball, more fluid passing. So um, last time these teams met, it was 4-1, but I felt that offense was a little bit more informed than they are now. I'm going to go 2-0, but I don't think it's going to be a clean Arsenal. And I think they'll scrap by very similar to the way that they just did to West Ham, where they, as Arteta called it, an ugly win. Um, I can see the same thing. Leeds getting their chances, not scoring. While we get plenty of chances just figure out a way to throw two in the back of the net at the end of the day. Maybe not. Hurry, 
Per, I need you to be so incredibly and unapologetically American. Tell me why Arsenal can lose this game. Because pay honestly, ba- pay- yeah, Jeff, you honestly read my mind because as difficult as it is to see Leeds getting points, it's very easy to see Arsenal dropping points. I agree. In a game like this. Um, so, That's why I said it's going to be ugly. Yeah. They win, it's going to be an ugly I, win. I mean, Jesse, you mentioned you think Leeds will create chances. Leeds definitely have enough going forward to create chances. Um, Arsenal, this is sort of the game where just when Arsenal look like they find their feet again and they're in good form, they, they just somehow find a way to, to bottle it. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Leeds win here. I, Jeff, you had mentioned that the, the Burnley game was taking place earlier, so if Burnley get a result, um, I think that's going to massively motivate Leeds as well. I think Leeds are going to put up a really, really great effort um, at the Emirates. That's what I can see, especially after that, that you know, the drubbing they took at home to Man City. They know they need to step up. They know they need to improve. They're going to have a point to prove. Um, yeah, so maybe this is the American in me coming out, but it's, it's, it's more the, the part of me that just doubts Arsenal. Um, so yeah, two, one leads. I'm going to go for an absolute shock here. I mean, Arsenal are the clear favorites, obviously, but I can see an upset, uh, in the works. You know, I also, also though, that would be very Arsenal. Like is if Tottenham lose to Liverpool Saturday, Arsenal doing them the big favor and losing on Sunday to keep them right back in the race. Exactly. That, now that sounds like some, some top four is lava stuff, right? And, there. and that, that's exactly. been the story of the top four race this season. Which is why, which is why have an opportunity to really take, you know, to take a pretty commanding position. They just blow it. Which is why we'll see United, United beat Brighton. United will beat Brighton. Not because United have any chance at actually getting to top four, but because the top four is lava and we have to have at least the optics of them having chance. They're done. United are buried. But after this weekend, there's going to be someone who comes out and says there's a glimmer of hope because who knows what happens with Arsenal, but. You expect Tottenham to lose, and who knows? Maybe United steals uh, the three points and and at least pretends like they have something to play for. If they you don't. Un- it's over. They're. Fit. You understand that if Arsenal get one point in their next four games, you guys are done. It is Arsenal, though. I don't believe that's mathematically correct, Jesse. No, it is. It is. They uh, Manu is at fifty-eight with. Oh, two. you know what? Yeah, I mean, it would come down to goal difference. So Arsenal would still. Yeah, and they have a twenty and, and they have a fifteen goal differential. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, first of all, if you're going to assume that Arsenal uh, get that far by losing that many games, uh, then you have to knock their goal difference off by at least four. Fair um, uh, United still have two games, so they have to go up by at least two, which gets you to seven to nine. Uh, all it takes is two extra goals. So I, if you get to that case, which you're not going to because United are buried, but if you get to that case, that goal difference will shrink to very, very close. Um, not gonna matter. I mean, it's Arsenal, it's, it's, no, it's over. It's over. You can expect you're gonna take two points for the next four games. Um, no, no, of course not. So, Jesse, it's, 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 it's over, but the optics will be the, the optics after this weekend will be oh my gosh, is it not over? It's over, but like top four being lava, the TV's got to make that sweet, sweet money. Um, Jesse, you wanted to get to the Premier League player of the week. Um, so we'll start with you on that. Um, we're going to go with, uh, someone that we mentioned before and, uh, someone that sacrificed his face, um, almost his balls is probably as well, you know, diving after a few of them. Uh, and someone who Jeff thinks, uh, you know, there was a conspiracy theory against the other team for, um, that's Jordan Pickford, who was just absolutely brilliant. As we mentioned before, I, I have no Jordan Pickford conspiracy. I have some Aspilicuetas conspiracy theories shot at a wide open goal like and it wasn't like he missed like pickford just made an unbelievable save like this is the most important game that pickford has played in everton uniform in terms of biggest performance um 
and just, just some absolutely phenomenal saves. I believe he made one in the 90 and 91st minute. I don't know if that was on Mount or if that was, was that on Mount? Another, like another, uh, you know, low to his right and his strong right hand on it. Um, just an unbelievable game from him. Really out of nowhere, as this is someone who we kind of have joked about. We've talked about him really not being up to quality for England's number one, as I'm sure that this, even with this performance, that still doesn't change the fact that I think Ramsdale is going to give him competition, even though Ramsdale has been suspect as of the last few months as well. So it's going to be curious. He's not in the same form that he was, or at least getting the same hype that he was in the beginning of the season. Maybe the uh, low expectations of him made it him seem phenomenal. And that one save on um, James Madison kind of like rose him to glory, you know, um, kind of status. And it's kind of died down a little bit. So you know, he made a phenomenal save on Declan Rice. If you guys watch the game, Pickford by far player of the week, um, Stood on his head, kept his team in the game. Rare to see that as a goalie, and when and and someone that plays goalie, you know, it's appreciative and it should be um, it should be mentioned. Anyone else got a got a player of the week, or am I? Up? I think I'll do Alex. What's yours? I mean, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for Pickford as well. Um, when you look at the, the quality of his performance and the implication of it, um, that could be you know the saves you made could very well be decisive in Everton's uh, fight to avoid relegation and it could keep them up. So yeah, I mean, it's a pretty obvious choice for me. Jeff. Uh, I've got a little bit of a, a different one and a little bit of a, a nostalgic one. He was given a, he was given a goodbye at, at old Trafford today. Uh, and he played absolutely phenomenally. Um, he's going to be giving For up once. his number. He's going to be giving up his number to Bruno. Um who finally, with that eight tattooed on his uh, forearm, he's going to finally get to wear eight for United. Um, he ran his contract down, never complained about a lack of playing time, has never been a problem in the locker room. The uh, the the 1% of his uh, his, his charity that, that so many athletes have followed in his footsteps in, in pledging 1% of their contracts to is incredible. Juan Mata is uh, an incredible man, uh, just an absolutely spectacular human being, and still showed that he had a little bit of the quality. <coughs> I mean doing his best to run past like a 24 year old fullback uh, not necessarily succeeding every time, but playing some incredible balls over the top uh, one in particular for a um, not a ball of the top, but a ball that was uh, Ronaldo's offside goal uh, right in like the 44th minute, incredible pass uh, deserving of a, of an assist and just generally uh, reminded us how many problems this United team has that, that a, a reti- basically retiring Juan Mata can come out and be one of the best players uh, and give one of the best performances we've seen this season. Uh, can't say enough about him. Uh, and this is probably the last time he plays at Old Trafford. And uh, it was a, a very, a very uh, impressive goodbye. Yeah, fitting tribute. And I swear to God, I did not think you were talking about Nemanja Matic. <laughs> uh, I want to shout out two guys. Uh, I was also going to go with Pickford, but uh, I'll shout out two other guys who I think had stellar performances this weekend. Uh, first, Josh Brownhill for Burnley. Uh, I believe he's a recent signing. Uh, he's come in and he's uh, been one of the players that's really typified um, the way Burnley have fought tooth and nail for every point uh, since Sean Dyche has been fired, since their relegation uh, status is coming to threat. Um, he was great at the weekend, got the deciding goal for Burnley against, uh, oh God, Black Cape, I think it was Southampton. <laughs> um, 
and yeah, he was just great. Uh, could have had three or four goals in that match. Really excellent performance from him and from Burnley overall. Uh, and also Eze, who uh, got a goal for Crystal Palace this weekend, okay. coming back uh, after a really, really unlucky season that he's had, struggling with a lot of uh, injuries uh, and not being able to get on the uh, on the pitch much. I can't wait to see what Eze is going to do when fully healthy. Uh, I think he was one of Crystal Palace's best signings uh, earlier on, uh, and he really seems like a very uh, talented player who could become uh, an even better version of Richarlison, I want to say. Essay uh, so career mode, by the way. Speaking of essay, FIFA career mode, ball. Yes, he's a god. Absolutely, 100% recommend. The man is cracked. Yeah. In video games and in real life, he's just an absolute baller. He's got potential through the roof, and I can't wait to see uh, how his career turns out. I can't believe none of you guys picked Youngman's son. I mean, what a game he had, scoring two goals for Tottenham. That's just typical Hyunming Son, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd be yeah. like shouting That's out Ronaldo fantastic. for today's. Like, it's just this is what he does. <laughs> well, Ronaldo scored a pen. Very different. Yeah, he also. I mean, he yeah, had I know a he played very good. The match, I know he played very We didn't really discuss the match. But. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I know. Actually, I wanted to bring. This up. Why on earth didn't Ronaldo take the penalty against Arsenal? It's too. Uh, does anyone no remember idea. the last that penalty? So that, does anyone remember the last penalty Ronaldo had taken before this one today? Because he missed it. Okay. So, uh, How many has Bruno missed this season? What is it, three in a row now? Jeff, as many as Ronaldo. A big game, who do you trust on the spot? Ronaldo or Bruno? Very, I mean, it should be an obvious. Honestly, thing. that's a coin flip that I don't mind the manager picking Bruno last week. I really don't. You're, you're asking me whether I want a career 88% penalty taker or a career 89% penalty taker. That's a coin flip that I'm willing but to let the also, players and the manager take care of. But that, I, I think the numbers only explain so much, though. I think you also have to look at a player who knows how to keep his composure. In, in a game of this magnitude, it's one thing when you're taking a penalty against, you know, a Southampton. It's another thing when you've taken some of the biggest penalties against the likes of Bayern Munich or Juventus or, or PSG and Champions League knockout ties. And those are things that numbers don't account for. Um, and, you know, was, this this was a game where United season was basically on the line. If they were going to have any hope of getting the top four, they had to get a point here, at least a point. If probably, in all probability, all three um, this is their moment. And I think in those kinds of situations, it's just more appropriate to give it to Ronaldo. They didn't obviously pay the price for it. Yeah. Let's, let's not pretend like Ronaldo's a, a guarantee penalty taker. Like he didn't just miss an important penalty. So like, yeah, sometimes these guys miss penalties. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I, I would prefer that that decision go to those two guys and the manager the three of them, it's not like Ronaldo looked upset. We've seen at times when Ronaldo wasn't taking the penalty and he's looked visibly pissed. He looked like a guy who was very happy to have Bruno take that penalty and did not have a single problem with it. And if he did have a problem with it, we would have heard about it. And we didn't for a reason. I'm fine with whoever's taking it. That's the one thing this United team doesn't have a problem with is the people taking the penalties. But way more importantly than uh, than who the past Premier League player of the weekend is, let's talk about who the future New York soccer referee of the week is for next week. Guess who's back on the pitch, baby? Jeff is Hauser finally back from injury. Last time, last time I was out there, I gave a 11 year old, a red card for kicking another player. The truly the Mike Dean of New York city. No red, no <laughs> red card. What is New York's Mike Dean going to do next? <laughs> New York city's next Mike Dean is, is looking for new games and looking for new opportunities to send off angry teenage kids. The, the, I, I think I've told Perry the story before, but, genuinely 11 year old kid thinks he gets fouled get the the ball goes shooting off i'm waiting to play advantage because he did in fact get fouled the ball goes shooting off he gets up turns to the player who pushed him and just winds up and like karate kicks him in the thigh and i just look at him i go your your day's done my bud 
I, I, I blow, I, I call back, I blow the foul, I, I give his team the ball. How does his coach I, react? Uh, his coach was like, what the hell happened? And I like jogged over the coach. I'm like, coach, he kicked the players. Or is he good? 20 yards from the ball. Uh, and the coach was like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good lesson I, for him I, to learn. It sounds like a little bit more of a Michael Oliver than a Mike Dean. I feel like Michael Oliver is just has a red card in his hand at all times. Dude's an absolute. Now, it, it wouldn't have been a Mike Dean unless I was given a red card out for someone who didn't deserve it. Last question here. I, I think that would be kind of interesting. Who's the best ref in the Prem? Anthony Taylor. Bad. It's, it's oh, Anthony Taylor <laughs> or Michael Oliver. I think Michael Oliver, which says a lot about the standard of officiating in the Premier League. Really, Premier Michael Oliver? Referees. Uh, him or Anthony Taylor? I was, was going to uh, say Anthony Taylor or Martin Atkinson. You know what? Martin Atkinson. Martin Atkinson's not bad. John Moss. John Moss and Kevin Friend. John Moss and Kevin Friend are Absolutely are too fat bad. to be allowed to ref. They can't get past the they can't get past the center circle. John Moss and Kevin Friend need to be cut on the fitness test. How, how, I've how had the least it? amount of problems with Martin Atkinson, so I'm probably gonna. Go I like Martin Atkinson. Martin Atkinson. How, how, is how about the referee that sprinted past Benzema on the fast break? I don't, you guys I don't see know that? that was. Wasn't that a Ukrainian referee? And, and the referee was was running faster than him. Don't recall, but look I, it up. Yeah, you know, it just happened. Yeah, I, I know uh, – what's his name? David Coote's terrible. Um, That's why he, he doesn't just, get to ref a lot of games. I know, because he's so terrible. He's really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Anthony Taylor's definitely up there. Martin Atkinson, I would say, is the best. Um, I, Darren Taylor, he's still Stuart refing, right? another terrible you, one. You know what's though. funny? I have Stuart Atwell is Stuart so annoying. I have a mutual connection he's on terrible. LinkedIn with David Coote. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's fascinating. I should, should I DM him? We should have him on the podcast. Yeah, no, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to have a conversation with yeah. him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll listen in and he'll he'll love all the nice things we said about him. Um, but with that, unless anyone has any final final words, sad. Um, did- Jesse, did you? Is that a hand? No. Yeah, all right. Well, in that case, I am Alex Perry alongside Akshay Budwani, Jesse Levine, and Jeff Asa Hauser. Thank you very much for listening and you will hear from us, although probably not me next week. Take care.